Hello, this is For the Love of Film Podcast. I'm your host, Scott David Chase. On this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, the movies Equalizer 2, The Spy Who Dumped Me, Blind Spotting, and Black Klansman. Uh, that's Black Klansman with three Ks, uh, in case you're not familiar with the film. Uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about. Uh, the movie pass app um i've I've spoken about it a little bit on here uh, mostly on the burgers with bob episodes but uh it is something that's uh i've been thinking about quite a bit recently and it's part of the part of the delay in this episode getting out because um well, for those of you who don't know, uh, MoviePass is a monthly subscription service where uh, when I signed up, it was $10 a month and you could see a movie a day. Um, you just couldn't see the same movie more than once. Well, they've in the last month, uh, July basically, this is, this, this is the 22nd of August, uh, but through the whole month of July, it was difficult to impossible to use it because every day say there were no available showings uh the company was going through a lot of trouble i mean it, it's not something that necessarily surprised me when i first heard about it it seemed like a too good to be true thing and you know i've had a uh, uh a subscription now for almost a year um i've been using it since october of 2017 so i've seen almost 100 movies this year um you know for for less than a hundred dollars uh so that's been pretty good but a big part of why i've been able to do this podcast was because of that and they've changed it from being able to see you know up to 31 movies a month to now for the same price i can only see three movies a month and um you know if you had told me last year hey there's a service where for ten dollars a month you can see three movies i would have thought that was great but you know having gotten used to this I've seen a lot of films, so I think going forward, I am still going to continue this podcast, but I'm going to have to figure out how I want to do it. Um, I don't think I'm going to be reviewing less films, uh, but I might be going back, reviewing some classics, doing more home video reviews as, as well as theatrical films, because um, I'm obviously I'm gonna I'm, I'm probably going to see a few a fewer films. In the coming months than I have in the in the the previous uh, eight months, but um, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I am going to continue this podcast um, regardless of how Movie Pass goes. And you know, this isn't uh, obviously this, I'm not endorsed by Movie Pass; they're not sponsors, and, it, and it's sort of the reverse. I'm you know I'm a paying customer of them, so I I certainly feel like I have the right to voice my displeasure. So, going forward, these movies, uh, this is an episode that I've, uh, most of these movies I've seen more than a week or two ago, uh, and just kind of piecemealing it together. Um, the last regular episode was kind of like that, too, so I'm hoping, because I've already seen another film uh, for the next episode, and I'm hoping to be a little bit more consistent so we shall see. But uh, so the Equalizer two was the first film that I saw, and uh, it's a sequel to the uh, 
when did uh, the first one came out? Uh, 2014, The Equalizer, uh, starring, both starring Denzel Washington and both directed by Antoine Fuqua, uh, who they had worked together with before Training Day being the most well-known version. Um, and it's based on the, the television series from the 1970s, 1980s. Um, interesting of note is that uh, in his 38-year film career, this was Denzel Washington's very first sequel. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure why this one was the one that uh, he chose to to do a sequel to. I mean, I'm sure money played a big part in it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible film. It also wasn't a good film. I mean, it's just a pretty standard action fair. If you like the first Equalizer, you'll like this just about the same. Um, you know, solid performance from Denzel Washington, but, uh, you know, Roman J. Israel Esquire notwithstanding, I've seen him give great performances and everything is and even stuff that's not necessarily great. Um, you know, he's played this stoic loner, uh, you know, quiet, uh, violent character before and, uh, oftentimes better. I mean, if you're going to go by Denzel Washington films where he's, you know, sort of a, a rugged, violent guy, um, Man on Fire is probably my favorite one of those, um, uh, Tony Scott's Man on Fire, um, God, that's at least, it's probably 15 years old now, but, uh, you know, this, this is one of those movies that, uh, uh, you know, going forward, uh, with MoviePass the way it is, where I can't see as many movies for the same price, I would probably have either skipped this or waited till it was on Redbox to see it, um, it's kind of like John Wick 2, it's more of the same if you liked the first one, it's 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 more of the same. Um, you know, solidly acted, solidly shot, but really brings nothing new to the table. And uh, yeah, I would you know I'd give the Equalizer to a, a five out of ten. Uh, the next one that I saw was The Spy Who Dumped Me, which is a, a comedy film uh, starring Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon, and also Justin Theroux, Sam Huygen. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, and Gillian Anderson. Um, Gillian Anderson has a much smaller role, but, um, you know, I wasn't, I'd seen the previews for this look fairly dumb. I wasn't, you know, uh, uh, it looked mildly amusing, but I really enjoy Kate McKinnon. Um, she's really great on Saturday Night Live. She was the only part of the Ghostbusters franchise reboot that, uh, I felt was watchable. Um, and it seems clear that a lot of her performance in this was improvised. Um, this movie was more action orientated and more of a more of a spy film than a comedy film. It was, I mean, the the tone was fairly uneven. It couldn't decide if it wanted to be, you know, a raunchy comedy. Although there was there wasn't much that in it. There was just a couple little elements of that, and then or uh, you know, a buddy movie. Uh, between Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon, or a spy movie, and there's it. I'd say of those three, it was mostly a spy movie, but um, 
you know, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it the whole time I was watching it. I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Um, you know, Kate McKinnon was great. Uh, clearly improvising a lot. Um, Mila Kunis, I've seen her in a few things in the last decade that she was really good in. Um, you know, she was surprising in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall that, you know, she's able to break out of the the sort of stereotype for of the role that she had in that 70s show. Uh, she was great in Black Swan. Um, you know, a darker role. And in this, she, she's just kind of, she's, you know, she's the, the straight man, straight woman to Kate McKinnon's sort of off kilter character. So it's kind of a thankless role, but it's also a not very well defined role. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to see a really good film that utilizes Kate McKinnon to, uh, a great degree. She's always the standout in mediocre films. I'd like her to be, you know, have a solid role in a good film. Um, you know, we'll see how that, if that happens. Um, but yeah, this was, it was more fun than I expected, but not, not an incredible film. Uh, I'd give Spy Who Dumped Me a six out of 10. Uh, the next movie, that I saw, um, I wasn't sure, I really wasn't sure, and I was taking a risk on it, um, it's this movie Blind Spotting, and, and again, I kind of hope that stuff like this doesn't fall by the wayside, um, that I still take chances seeing movies, uh, with MoviePass changing the way it is, because, I mean, ultimately, I don't want to be spending a ton of money, uh, every month, uh, of my own money, which if I if I see a ton of movies, I'm gonna be spending you know hundreds of dollars a month, and I'm trying to not do that. But uh, this was a movie I'd seen the previews for, didn't necessarily have high hopes for. So it was uh, uh, written by and, and starring, and also produced by uh, David Diggs and Raphael Cassell. I'd seen David Diggs in a few things in the last couple of years, um, just small bit parts. Um, not a whole lot is coming to mind. Not, I mean, nothing specific is coming to mind right now. But, um, you know, it, I when I saw the preview for this, uh, I was like, oh, I know that guy. Um, the premise is uh, he, he plays a character who's, who's on parole. It's He's in the last few days of his parole, and he works for a moving company with his best friend, played by Raphael Cassell, which, you know, they're great friends in real life. And, you know, David Diggs is African-American. Raphael Cassell is a white guy. And they live in Los Angeles. No, Oakland. Yeah. Uh, Oakland, California. And they, um, you know, they work for this moving company, and David Diggs is trying to keep his nose clean so he can finish up with his parole. And his buddy is, you know, kind of a loud, obnoxious, uh, wannabe gangster guy. Uh, ends up buying a gun. Uh, and, you know, don't want to give plot elements away, but 
it, it's revealed through flashbacks and you know anecdotes from their friends that their friendship's always been sort of this way that uh, his buddy's a loose cannon and uh, David Diggs is trying to has tried to do the right thing and there there are elements of you know there there are some elements where there's rapping and singing in it where it kind of turns into a musical for a second it's not full blown it they're almost like fantasy sequences but i really uh this movie succeeded in in ways that i felt uh the movie sorry to bother you uh boots riley's uh feature film debut that i reviewed a few episodes ago it's the way that that film failed i mean it's a it's it's its own universe it's kind of a out of the box film but um i really didn't care about any of the characters in sorry to bother you and in this one you do really care about the characters and you do like you you want everything to work out for them and and there are some there there are some surprising turns in it stuff turns out not the way you're expecting in the way as a film film goer uh, you've been you know conditioned to think the narrative of the story is going um uh it, it you know it's cool to see two guys who who stuck with it and then worked on a film for many years getting their film done getting it made and you know i don't know how it's done success uh box office wise let's take a look real quick um so it's made four million, but it doesn't have any info on how much it costs to make. But um, you know, it was it was one of those movies didn't have a whole lot of advertising. I mean, it did have a push through mo- the Movie Pass app, even though Movie Pass is not a distributor of the film. So uh, definitely, uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, I would give Blind Spotting uh, a, a real solid seven. Uh, certainly when it comes out on home video or streaming, I would say check it out. It's, it's worth a watch. And the last film that I saw was, uh, Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Um, I, I did really enjoy this film. Uh, it's Spike Lee's strongest film in quite some time, at least a decade, um, it's interesting to me being, you know, a guy in his forties seeing, you know, Spike Lee has a, has a career that's stretched across, um, you know, the, the late eighties, the nineties, two thousands and 2010s now. And the fact that Jordan Peele, uh, the writer director of get out his first film, uh, the fact that his name is attached as a producer and is being equally hyped shows me that, you know, uh, the producers are trying to, make another generation aware of Spike Lee who maybe wasn't aware of him. Uh, it's also one of his most, uh, racially, uh, inclined, inclined's not the right word. Um, it focuses on race for the first time in, you know, a while in his career. Uh, it stars John David Washington, who is Denzel Washington's son. Um, uh, uh, he plays Ron Stallworth, and and this is a based on true story. Um, he's a, he's a he was the first 
black police officer in Colorado Springs, and he goes undercover and infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan. Um, a lot of the work that he does is on the telephone, and then Adam Driver plays the physical manifestation of him when he goes to the meetings. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Adam Driver was great in it. Um, I liked John David Washington, but I didn't quite get a fully realized sense of him as Ron Stallworth, uh, where I really got more of a sense of Adam Driver's character. I don't know if that's because I'm already familiar with Adam Driver. Um, you know, obviously he's now internationally known for playing Kylo Ren in um, the the two Star Wars sequels that have come out. Um, but he's, you know, he's done a ton of stuff and is, you know, I really think is one of the, the best new actors to have come out in the last decade. Um, it was also a, a, a really solid turn from Topher Grace playing David Duke, who was the former Grand Dragon uh, of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, kind of a thankless role for Topher Grace, but he, he pulled it off very well. Um, this was an emotional film, and, you know, at the very end, it uses real footage tying these events to recent police shootings and uh, white supremacist rallies uh, in the last couple of years since the election of Trump. And it did a, I mean, some might say it was a little heavy handed and overbearing, but you know, that's the, the nature of this issue and that this isn't ancient history for the United States. This is in the here and now the, the you know, white supremacy and racism. Um, definitely recommend this i would recommend this film um it's it's not without its flaws but uh it's certainly a um an important film uh and i do think that uh people should see it i i i really think every every american needs to to see it and really understand uh that this is still a problem, you know, being a white middle-class American, uh, in New England who, you know, most of my peer group growing up was the same. Uh, I, I have heard from people, uh, as recently as, you know, three or four months ago that they don't think that racism really exists anymore. And, and it's always, it's always white people saying that. So obviously we don't have to live with it day in, day out. Uh, so if you don't live with it day in and day out, then, oh, it doesn't exist because I don't see it. And that's completely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's an important film for people to see. So uh, I would give Black Klansman an, uh, an 8 out of 10. Um, like I said, a really important, solid film. Uh, yeah, so those are the movies that I've seen in the last few weeks. Like I said, I'm going to try and figure out how I want to um, do this structurally in going forward. So there might be some oddities, some, some, some weird structure changes for this in the next few weeks, but hopefully you'll stay tuned and keep listening. And I, as always, I, I appreciate you tuning in and listening. Thanks a lot.